Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to day six of Halloween week with Wicked and Grim. My name is Jacko, and although there are only two days remaining, I will continue and remain your master of ceremonies until Halloween is done. After that, I guess I might kick my feet up on a little vacation. But I will be sure to be careful in my travels, and as should you. You see, the story today deals in a murderous family who took advantage of travelers. They lured them in by means of their family business, a lodging inn. It was there when tired and weary tourists would let their guard down only to be struck when least expected. In fact, this case would later spawn a vicious Hollywood horror movie, and it was called The Devil's Rejects. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, theys and thems, it is time to present to you your hosts, Ben and Nicole, to tell you the tale of the bloody benders. Jacko and his countdown. There is only two days left? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I thought you were mid-sentence. You just stared at me. <laughs> you just stared at me. That was so awkward. I was what the to... hell is I was wrong like, with you? I was like, and? Yeah, where are you going with this? Well, that's shocking. It's shocking. It is. Very much so. Hopefully but, you guys have your Halloween costumes and Halloween candy ready to go because you're running out of time. But he's got to stop the countdowns here. It's already making me miss Halloween week. You're already like thinking in past tense like it's gone already. No, we still got two days left. Yeah, we're still in the best of it. We're not even at the climactic moment of mm-hmm. Halloween itself yet. Okay, so two things I wanted to, to talk about on Halloween day. Okay. So we're doing a live. Yes, we are. So we're doing a live. It will be on Instagram and we're going to be doing it at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Correct. And then after that's over, so like there, I guess you can kind of chat with us, ask us questions. You can see what our Halloween costume is. And then we will be bouncing over to Patreon after that for a live just with them. Yeah. So it's like. Almost like the pre-party will be on Instagram and then like like the after party, I guess. Well, I guess it's not the parties on Instagram, the after parties on Patreon. 
Okay. There we go. Where's that's, the actual party? Well, that's kind of what I was thinking when I was describing <laughs> it. But the actual party is Instagram, and then the after party is Patreon. And then super cool, we will also be having a giveaway on our socials on Halloween Day uh, for a t-shirt. And we also need to release it, but Ben did up a new piece of merch. We for, did. We for did. Wicked and Grim. So it's, we got to share that because you could you could literally win that. Yeah. So the design, we're going to put it up on uh, Instagram and Facebook so you can check it out. Uh, link for the merch is all down below in the description of this podcast. You can go check it out there right now if you want. Um, but the design is called Crime Scene. And it's uh, got like a little like body outline and like a little like crime scene going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah. 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 And we also I feel like we've just been doing that a lot lately. The, yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. Let's stop. We okay. always have something. Some It changes. I mean, the, with the progression of Wicked and Grim, we've had so many just sayings that we use for like a few episodes, it seems. And then we almost bounce to something else and then like today i think i've already said bounce twice which is fucked because i never say bounce but i mean such <laughs> is the 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 growth and flow of conversation i guess like someone will say a word that just like you latch onto for a week or a saying or you saw something in a tv show i mean remember what was that show um uh with all like the three nerd or four nerdy dudes and Penny and Sheldon. Oh, the Big Bang Theory? Big Bang Theory. How could you not remember the name know. of that? I don't know. But like when Sheldon was saying Bazinga, like that's what all uh, anyone fucking said for a month. I don't think I ever said Bazinga. I but, wasn't into that. But like, you know what I mean? Like, I know what you mean. Everyone's dialogue is constantly changing. And I think it's just, I mean, considering we're recording ourselves and we have people pointing it out sometimes and we listen mm -hmm. to ourselves that we notice it. You betcha. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you betcha, bud. You betcha. Um, we also have people sending us drink photos. And I just wanted to say we did get a couple even via email. And um, not all of them are alcoholic beverages. No, which is totally cool. Someone sent a Frappuccino. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I yeah. like Frappuccinos too. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. Just uh, if you want to be a part of it, I mean, message us, email us, um, tag us in a post on Instagram or Facebook. Just be like, yo. Wicked and Grim. We're chilling, doing the thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually drinking a margarita right now. Nicole yeah. poured it for me. Yeah, we're all about the margaritas right now. <sighs> I love margaritas. They're so good. They're pretty dang good. Yeah, they are. Okay, let's let's uh, let's bounce. <laughs> let's bounce. You betcha. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, ready for this? You betcha. Are you all ready for this? You betcha. Okay, I'm not going to say that again. Okay. Once upon a time. In the heart of the untamed Wild West, where the prairies seemed to stretch on forever, there lived a family. The Bender family. But they weren't your typical family. The family consisted, consisted sorry, of John Bender, who I will be referring to as Pa or John Sr., his wife, who had many names for some reason. She went by um, Elvira. Myra, and I will be referring to her as Ma. As Ma. Ma. Ma, gotcha, okay. And then they also had their grown children. So they had John Jr. and a daughter named Kate. Supposedly, in quotations. I say supposedly because it's still unclear today if they were actually related in the way that I had mentioned. This is how they portrayed themselves as a family, but being that the two kids were quite affectionate towards each other, it was rumored they may have actually been married or together in a common-law situation rather than brother and sister. 
I see. Okay. I mean, it's not unheard of though for uh, family members to live such lives. Yeah, I wasn't going to really go there, but that is an option too. I said it very politely. You did. So Ma and Kate were potentially the only ones that were of like blood relation um, that I that I could find, but they could all have been too. I don't know. That's something that isn't is kind of what's the word? I have no idea. Um, unclear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> unclear in my right. findings. Jeez. Okay, that was very unclear. <laughs> Got it. I follow. Okay, so to touch a bit more on the family, John Sr. was around 60 years old. He spoke little English with a thick German accent and was known for her, his perpetual look of contempt, which is an interesting way to describe someone. Uh, resting bitch face. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, he yes. Had, he had resting bitch face. I should have said resting bitch face. That's way better. Yeah. <laughs> Ma, she was aged 55. She also spoke little English with a thick German accent and had an unfriendly demeanor, often referred to as a she-devil by neighbors. Wow. Can you imagine? (laughs) My she-devil neighbor, like, holy heck. Sorry. John Jr., (laughs) approximately 25 years old, was handsome with an auburn hair and Auburn colored hair, sorry, and a mustache. He spoke English fluently with a German accent. He apparently had the tendency to laugh kind of aimlessly, though, and this led people to think that he wasn't all that bright. Okay. So, and finally, Kate, she was around 23 years old, was cultured and attractive. She spoke English well and was a self-proclaimed healer and psychic known for advertising her supernatural powers and advocating free love. Kate was the most social and likable member of the Bender family. She was the face of the family and her popularity attracted people, mostly men, to the family. Okay, okay. So she's a bit of a hippie type then. Hippie and a babe, I guess. A hippie babe, gotcha. Hippie babe. Now we're living in the 19th century, a time where the government was offering plots of land to anyone who was to move to canvas and farm said land. Okay, yeah. So the Benders were a family that took them up on this offer. Moving to canvas and building a small cabin in the 1870s adjacent to the Great Osage Trail in Labette County. Being that the trail was frequently used by pioneers and travelers heading farther west, the family eventually hung a grocery sign and turned their cabin into a way station and inn, if you will. The cabin was divided with a canvas wagon cover to create two rooms. They used the smaller room at the rear for living quarters and the front room as a general store where they sold dry goods and potentially goods from their Vegetable garden and apple orchard. Okay, gotcha. So we're talking like 1800s here. So they, they took converted their cabin and just with canvas kind of sorted out sections. Yeah, like it was gotcha. one room. And it wasn't very big cabin, but I also think back then two people probably lived – they didn't have high expe- high, as high of expectations. No, they were quite modest living. Yeah, just, which yeah. 
Isn't a terrible thing. No, I mean, cutting down some of the stuff in today's society would be nice. You know, technology and living the large kind of means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't necessarily need that. No, no. Hence why we live in a tiny home. I know. Just saying. Yeah. Um. So the front section also contained the kitchen and dining table where travelers could stop for a meal or spend the night. Kate also offered her services of being able to talk to the dead, which she did charge a price for. The inn was rather unassuming, a refuge for those weary from their long journeys. But behind the facade of hospitality, a sinister secret lay concealed. The Bender's Inn wasn't just a resting place for travelers. It would actually be their final resting place for many unsuspecting visitors. Oh, that was sinister. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just a resting place. It was their final resting place. Their pla- final resting place. I don't think we've ever had a better time to do this. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, just wait. You have to do it again in a sec because I have one more line. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll hold, hold okay. the organ. The this- piano. That, that sounded dirty. So the piano. <laughs> <laughs> this- oh, my gosh. This is how the Bender family would go about receiving their nickname as the Bloody Benders. Now? Yeah. Okay. Dun, what? dun, dun. The freeze. I was just making sure. I didn't want to fuck it up. Holy shit. So the Benders' MO was chillingly simple. They would invite travelers, often lone men, into their inn for a meal or accommodation. They would seat their guests at a table cleverly placed in front of a canvas that separated the diners from the rest of the room. And they had like a certain seat that it was like the guest of honor chair or whatever that that they had to sit in, right? Gotcha, yeah. So as the guests ate their meal, one member of the family, generally Kate, would go about distracting the guests with conversation and, you know, her good looks and charm. Yep. While another, assumed to be either John Sr. or John Jr., approached the curtain with the victim's head outlined through the canvas they would then smash the skull hidden as they were still hidden behind the canvas with a hammer jesus like as hard as they could right and just caving it in i bet to ensure the job was complete because sometimes it wasn't kate or ma would then go about slashing the victim's throat wow like holy shit! I'm curious as to why. What what they're uh, just stealing and taking all this shit? I guess. Or well, you got to keep listening here. But I'm going to say one more thing that I forgot to put in here. But I think they. I don't know if they always did the slashing of the throat, but it it seemed like maybe they always did. But at times after I think hitting them in the head, or maybe right before these victims probably was like what's going on and got like an unedged feeling because there were i think they had said like at least 10 bullet holes within this cabin oh wow so So, individuals firing back or something yeah like trying to fight back right dang um so then the body would fall through a conveniently placed trap door basically right under them under this chair into the basement never to rise again In the basement, the benders continued with their smooth operation. The lifeless victims were stripped of their valuables. And because many of them were traveling, some victims had a substantial amount of money on them 
And not to mention their modes of transportation to boot, like their horses yep. or their buggies or whatever, right? And whatever supplies that are carrying with them. And yeah, sa saddles. I think one person had a saddle that was actually worth quite a bit of money. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. Like so. a nice leather saddle. Like, they're not cheap. No. No. So fear and suspicion spread through the surrounding community as travelers passing through the area vanished without a trace. It wasn't long before one particular traveler became entangled in the web of the bloody vendors. Benders. Did I say vendors? You said vendors, which almost makes it sound like actually I almost like, like that better. Terrifying story. Yeah. Because I mean, well, I mean, they almost are vendors. Like they're offering the they hospitality, are. offering a service. Yeah. Yeah. So the, his the bloody vending benders. Vending benders. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I was <laughs> trying with something there, it just didn't really work. <laughs> so his disappearance would set in motion the events that would eventually finally exposed the family of serial killers. His name was Dr. William Hen Henry York. Now, Dr. York was actually in search of a friend. I think it was a neighbor that had went missing in the area. And this neighbor was called George Longcore and his one-year-old daughter, Marianne. Sorry, I'm at a margarita. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. What is up with you? What? First of all, you're eating candy on here. Now you're like sipping from a straw really I loud. I wanted my last sip of, mar sip of margarita. Oh my gosh, I apologize. You okay. should. <laughs> <laughs> Not to you. Oh shit, okay, my bad. <laughs> okay, but when he himself also went missing, his brothers, Ed York and Colonel Alexander York, who was a Civil War veteran, lawyer and politician so he had like that's a resume yeah no kidding eh began an all-out search for their missing brother so they 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 missed they messed with the wrong family here this time clearly i mean that always happens right something well not always but i feel like there's always something that gets luck, like luck generally runs hot. out yeah. yeah so alexander leading a company of more than 50 men Ooh. like at least 50 men questioned every traveler along the trail and visited all the area homesteads, including the Benders Inn. The Benders did, however, admit to him that his brother did stay with them, but that he was alive and well when he left and suggested the possibility that he had ran into some trouble after his stay with them like bandits. You know, it was the Wild West. Yeah. Um, Alexander agreed this, you know, could be a possibility, but as he continued his investigation, it kept leading him back to the benders as several people had unpleasant stories to share about them, but he wanted to do things the right way and insisted on finding evidence. So he didn't want to just like 
storm a blaze and go in there and be like, I got you. Yeah, no, no, he wanted to do it the right way. Nothing willy nilly here. He's going to do it good. Maybe. Well, I was going to say he's a politician, but actually that probably doesn't mean anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wow. I know. Sorry. Oh, oh. just throwing shade. It's Holy so bad. shit. That was okay. good, though. That was really good. <laughs> so now around the same time, neighboring communities began to make accusations that the Osage community was responsible for the disappearances. So the Osage Township, they're like, no, no, no. They arranged a meeting to discuss the disappearances, and it was agreed upon that a warrant would be obtained to search every homestead in the area. Good. Yeah. So at this meeting, both Paul and John Jr. were there. They were at the meeting, which then led the family to flee their homestead. I wonder why. Yeah, I'm sure we're about to find out why <laughs> and how many bodies are ex reasons why. As you, know? you count on your fingers. Yeah. It wasn't noticed initially, but several days after the meeting, a neighbor noticed that the Benders Inn was abandoned and the farm animals they had were unfed and unattended to, which is terrible. This was reported to the township trustee, which then called for volunteers to form a search party. So a lot of reports, I don't even think I said this in here, but it was like hundreds of people, like numerous people going there, which I feel like is just such a disaster. But anyway, um, it was really back in the day. So a search party fueled by concern and a growing sense of dread was hastily assembled. The inn, which had once seemed like a sanctuary, now seemed to hold the air of just gloom. Upon arriving at the inn, they found the empty, the cabin empty of food, clothing and personal possessions gone. There was also a horrendous odor that could not go unnoticed. To some, they knew the smell, and it was the smell of death. Cool. <laughs> cool? <laughs> well, I'm just sitting here thinking like, okay, the basement, clearly there's death rotting and bodies down there. I assumed that when they dropped to the basement, they were like dismembering and like disposing, but it doesn't seem like it. Well, you don't know. A lot of people too, a lot of reports also um, – said that there was like a fly situation, which, you know, kind of goes hand in hand for that. Yeah. Um, the smell was traced to a trap door, which at this point was underneath a bed and nailed shut. Of course, you know, they opened the door. I would fucking run for the hills, but they opened the door, terrified what they might find beneath it. But there was actually no sight of any bodies. There was blood and lots of it on the floor, but other than that, it was an empty room. Okay, okay. The search needed to continue, though. So starting at this secret door, they broke down the stone slab floors, still finding no human remains. Every corner was searched, every floorboard examined for the hidden horrors they concealed. With the search party even apparently physically lifting the cabin... Dang. Which I'm like, how the fuck does that even happen? To dig underneath. But still, other than blood, no remains were found. Well, that kind of reminds me of like, have you seen like those Amish communities when they like move a barn? No. They will literally just like get 
all these dudes together from the Amish community and they literally just lift a barn and walk it somewhere else. Serious. Oh yeah. Wow. So there's no foundation whatsoever then, hey? No, no. It's just like sitting on the ground sort of thing. Huh. Or sitting on blocks, like that sort of stuff. But you'd have to make sure that you all kind of lifted. I mean, in this sense, they probably didn't give a sh- shit if they kind of wrecked the house. But like, you'd have to kind of all lift at the same time. I just feel like it'd be. Well, I mean, picture this. You got a small little cabin. You got a hundred dudes around it. Okay, everyone, ready? One, two, three, lift. <laughs> sure, it's going to lift. It's going to lift. Yeah. Wow. You get enough muscle behind it. She's going up. Hmm. Okay, so they then started probing the ground with a metal rod. It was the garden beneath the freshly turned soil that the group made their chilling discovery, revealing the remains of numerous victims. The once unassuming Bender Inn was now a house of horrors. Dr. York's body was found buried in the orchard along with numerous other bodies, a body was also found in the well, which I'm like, wouldn't they be drinking the fucking water from yeah, the well? That just contaminates your water source. So I don't even get that. Unless they weren't using that well, they had another source or something. I don't know. That's nasty. And various body parts were also found that did not belong to any of the other victims. So like cool. they would find like a random arm or whatever, right? All but one had their heads bashed with a hammer and their throats cut. The body of little Marianne, you know, the one-year-old. Oh, shit. Was buried with her father with no injuries sufficient to cause death. So it was speculated that she may have been buried alive. alive. Fuck. Kind of saw that coming. I know. That is Doesn't make just it easier. too much. That is disturbing shit. Um, three hammers. So a shoe hammer, a claw hammer, and a sledgehammer that appeared to match indentations in some of the skulls were all found, as well as a knife with a four-inch tapered blade still bearing a stain of blood. Word of the murder spread quickly, and allegedly thousands of people, including reporters from as far away as New York and Chicago, visited the site of the inn. Wow. The cabin, though, was destroyed by souvenir hunters who took absolutely everything, including the brook, the bricks that lined the cellar and the stones that lined the well. Wow. Yeah. Like people wanted a piece of this, which is interesting. I mean, I get it and I don't get it. Nowadays, that shit just can't happen though. Cause like crime scenes are, you know, well, I'm, I'm thinking roped off and everything. That's very akin to the, uh, the cabin in evil dead. It was like people went and took pieces of it and everything. And it was on private property too. But it eventually, it actually burned down. So there's not a whole lot left of it. But there are still some stones left from the fireplace and stuff. Oh, are you think still? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Can people not go there and grab them then? It's private property. Well. It's it's private property. And I can't remember where it's located. But Bruce Campbell, the star of Evil Dead, he plays Ash Williams. He even warns people. He's like, don't go there. Because like, I can't remember where it is. shoot you? Yeah. No, he's like, you'll get a buckshot to your ass. Holy shit. Like it's redneck area sort of thing. That's like, terrifying. Yeah. So don't fucking do that. But it's kind of very similar thing. People huh. are rating it for for pieces. See, it's kind of sad, actually. There's a location in town that I used to shoot at um, that was like a beautiful barn. And people would go about stealing pieces of it, too. And, and then it wrecked the structure and the barn like fell in. Oh, is that the one, one up near the airport? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And it's, I mean, I, the thing was old and like weathered, so it might have kind of like been facing its doom anyway. But still, I can't imagine people like going stealing things as they want to like make a sign for their house. Yeah, it's just vandalism. I don't know. Um, I also wanted to mention before I finish this off is the weapons um, are at museums now, which is oh, cool. really cool, including that knife. But apparently the knife isn't on display because it has like blood stain Still on, it. on it. So you have to request it or something. I think it's in the Kansas Museum. Oh, that's cool. Um, Gross, morbid, but cool. Oh, I, I would. See yeah, I would request to see it for show. I wonder if people are just like, oh. Like they want to see it again or if it's like, yeah, sure. I'll go get it for you. You know, Well, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's the museum. It's kind of the point. So I'd assume people working there is like, understand. Yeah. It's like saying like you work at a bar and someone orders a beer and the bartender's like, oh, I got to get you another beer. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like it's kind of the point of the place. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally get that. I'm just seeing if I can find where, what mis- what do, 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 do museum it was um the kansas museum of history so yeah still bearing reddish brown stains on the blade it can be seen upon request wild yeah that is wild um so a nationwide manhunt was launched for the bender family including the offers offerings of large rewards for the family's arrest and that was something kind of more rare for back then the Bender's family wagon was found shortly after their disappearance, and it was only a few miles away from their home. And there had been, you know, over the years, numerous apparent sightings, but the family seems to have just vanished into thin air, oh. leaving behind only the echoes of their gruesome deeds. They, they were never found? No. Oh, shit. Really? Really. Oh, fuck. Okay. I mean, there's speculation okay. that, that people, because back then- People kind of took things into their own hands often. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so there is speculation that maybe maybe some people did get to them and they did get mur- murdered. But maybe they literally just did get away with it too. Back then it was also a lot easier to just like, hey, my name is now. Slip into the shadows. Yeah. John Doe. And this is Mary Sue. And we're a family from upstate somewhere. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So including random body parts recovered and bodies found off-site, because there were a few of those, it's speculated that the Benders killed as many as 20 people from May 1871 to May 1873, so two years. And that's not including the stories. There's many stories of people that got away. Yeah. Um, And I bet you anything that number even could be higher. And they probably, if they got away, literally, there's probably even more. And maybe they're doing the ship before 1871. Like, Well, I was thinking 20 sounds like a low number. Yeah. Because I there's probably numerous that they didn't even unbury and stuff, yeah, right? that they're not aware of or, yeah. Yeah. Ugh, wild. And that's the grim till of the Bloody Benders, which apparently is America's first serial killer family. That's cool. <laughs> What's with the word well, cool today? It, it's, it's cool because, I mean, it's, I learned a little bit about, okay, the whole bloody Jeez. bender situation. Not cool. Trust okay. me. They're douchebags. They're murderers. Fuck them. However, there is a movie called The Devil's Rejects that this inspired, mm. which I didn't, I didn't even know about that, to be honest. Well, you were kind of just filming in like before this, just a brief thing about like, hey, they ran an inn and the daughter kind of like 
swooned them a little bit and distracted them. And then they caught, and I was like, that sounds like devil's rejects. Yeah. And I gave a quick Google and yeah, it's based off of that. Which apparently is the movie that scared the shit out of you the most. That is one of the horror movies that has bothered me the most ever. And the reason for it is it's, it's too real. Mm. So imagine like think of horror movies there, there's there's ghost stories there's there's demons there's monsters there's creatures coming out from wherever there's serial killers there's the slasher films where they're wearing a mask and they're chasing you with a knife and it's like the intense music things that a lot of times you're like oh that would never happen to me yeah that would never happen to me and even mm-hmm. if it does it's like it's just such a weird chain of events to lead you there. It's like, oh, that's one in a fucking million. Yeah. But with Devil's Rejects, the movie, it's the killers are not a monster. They're just another fucking person. They're not some deranged psycho who had this terrible upbringing and got them there. It's just another fucking person that you just happen to run into. Mm-hmm. And they put you in a position where you're absolutely fucking helpless and it just got to me so bad. They, it's such a well done movie. Love the movie, but god damn, it gets to me. Oh, in the, in the darkness, I just saw Kiwi's eyes. You know how sometimes they're like reflective. That was <laughs> yeah. freaking creepy. Good job, Kiwi. Oh my god, best Halloween decoration ever. Well, I did want to say too about this family. Um, is their main motive was you know like stealing, right? Yeah, I kind of figured. But that. then. And a lot of, because a lot of people had quite a bit of money, but then some of them didn't actually have very much money at all, but they, they still went about killing them. And so it was, you know, kind of speculated that they also enjoyed doing this, which is, oh, so fucked. Well, I mean, typically someone who's becoming a serial serial killer, killer. it's not just about the money. It's not just about the trophy. It's. They enjoy the thrill of it. They enjoy the thrill of it. And there's actually even speculations of individuals going on uh, conversations like psychology wise and stuff about how these individuals almost want to get caught. Mm -hmm. And that's why. At some point, it seems like they really do. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, that's why they taunt police. Yeah. That's why they write these letters or that's why they leave a calling card. That's why they get sloppier. That's why they get more brave and all these things. It's like. They well, kind of want to get caught. Well, even think about too how there's so many um, people in jail or just random people who, oh, I can't think of the word, but they admit to a crime that they didn't do. Yeah. Because they almost want, I don't I don't even know what would they want of that. It's kind of almost like a badge of honor being like, yeah, fuck yeah, that was I me guess, who did which it. Is, which is so disgusting. Yeah. That renown, that, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Fuck that. So anyway, um, one more thing I wanted to just say too is the this is a this is a pretty dang large story, and like our Halloween episodes are a little bit shorter. So there is a book out there that I kind of got some information from, and it's called Hell's Half Acre: The Untold Story of the Benders, a serial killer family on the American frontier. Um, that would probably be like a pretty amazing read, just to like if you really wanted to dive Fair enough. into the story. I can imagine a lot of these cases where it is like major history going back a few hundred years, you can d- dig really deep. And it's like if there's books on them, usually it's like that person has dug real fucking yeah. deep. Well, and like there's even quite a bit of photos and stuff. I was a bit surprised how much information 
was out there. But then there was a lot of reports kind of that you have to be careful because it's so long ago. So like the story, people to kind of change the story a little bit. Yeah, right? that's always a, a concern with this sort of stuff. The too. telephone game or whatever it's called. Yeah. So, yeah, hmm. that's the freaking story. Well, well done. I'm kind of actually, like I said, cool. It's a cool episode. I'm kind of happy you did this one because it's. I don't know. Like I said, it's kind of going into that horror genre a bit. And it's, I kind of learned something like outside of just the realm of what we usually do. It's like, oh, I, I know something about that, that it ties to. And it's, that, that's cool. That factoid is <laughs> You cool. look so excited right now. I'm like, I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> Generally, we end the episode. We're like, wow, that sucks. And now, but I'm now like, Ben's cool. like, cool. And does this mean I'm going to have to watch the freaking movie? Oh, you fucking betcha. I don't know if I really want to at all. I act. I would way rather watch. Okay, this is fucked. And I feel like I've, I think I shared like a meme or something about this in Patreon, but I would way rather listen to a true crime podcast or watch like a true crime documentary or, or something that's like true versus that. There's a lot of people like that. Not this. Oh, totally that just scares the shit out of me. Like, I don't even think it's too much visual, I think is what it is, probably. Fair enough. Fair enough. And yeah, it's, it's not. It's a story to entertain rather than a story to educate. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when you're listening to true crime, you're watching a documentary, it's it's educating. You're learning something about someone, about an event. It's yeah, it's different. It's a completely different medium of entertainment value rather than just like, oh my God, here's blood and gore and a story that was made up and ah, oh, it's cool and ha, ha, it's fun to watch. And oh my God, you see, I almost beat myself. Rather than, oh, <laughs> this person happened this time, and it's like, wow. I know someone who lives in that city and is like a block away from that house. That's wild. And I can't believe someone would actually do that. Oh my God, he got bail. Are you fucking kidding me? Our justice system is shit. Like it's completely different. Yeah. Sorry. I went on a bit of a rampage there. <laughs> you did, but I was enjoying it actually. <laughs> I was enjoying it. Um, well, I enjoyed this episode. So yeah. Good job. Yeah. Well done. And now we're left to just Halloween day episode. Oh, just one to go. Goodness. Unless you're a patron, of course, because Patreon is getting a little bit of extra treatment because, I mean, it's Patreon. They, they, they literally subscribe for it. So if you want to join up, Patreon link is down below along with all of our other links, Facebook, Instagram, website, Reddit, YouTube, you know, name it. All of it's down there. Well, can you say what they're getting? The extra. They're all on Patreon. Yeah. on Go Halloween. ahead. Go ahead. They're getting an extra episode because we always they always get an extra episode at the end of the month. And they're also getting um how would you say it? the history, the story of Jacko. Jacko's backstory. Yeah. Yeah. So Which is really cool. Yeah. So we're gonna sit down, we're gonna do a podcast episode discussing Jacko and his backstory, who he is, where he came from, and how he came to be the Jacko that we we know today. We know and love today. Oh, of course. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we swoon over Jacko. Oh, totally. I guarantee you there's someone out there swooning over Jacko right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Is it you? Maybe. Oh, shit. Are you jealous? A little bit. I'm going to have to take him on. Have, <laughs> have a word with Jacko about this. <laughs> Good luck. He could kick your ass. Oh, probably. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you guys, thank you so, for, so much for being here. If you want to join our Patreon, like I said, links down below. If not, we appreciate you just the same. And we have that one more day to go till Halloween. So we will see you in the next episode tomorrow and until then stay wicked
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.